few weeks back called a, a series called From Inside Out, and we want to continue on in that series today. And uh, as, as, I, as I pondered this, this series, and it's been in my heart since last year, and, and really, honestly, before I bring a message to you, it, 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 I believe that God just puts it in my heart. And it may be months and months before it actually uh, is developed or brought forth, uh, but it starts in my heart. And, and the reason is, is because God wants us to live from the inside out. He wants to bring what he brings about in and through our lives from the inside out. And, and so he always starts. As a matter of fact, anything in your life... Uh, you, ne- you need to understand that's how God works. You need to understand the work- works of God. God works by His Spirit, by His Word. And by the way, His Word will never contradict the Spirit of God. And so the Word of God will be our gauge, whether it's the Holy Spirit or not in our lives. Amen? And, and so God begins to do that, and He does it from the inside out. So we've been on this track because we want God's best in our life. I don't think anybody wants to go through life and wish bad on themselves. No. Uh, but many times what we do is we allow human reasoning to come in. And that human reasoning will come in and we'll convince ourselves of something that will maybe be uh, not God. And as a result, we, we don't have the God results that we want in our life. We want God results. Amen. And so I want to I share a scripture with you. Uh, here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and it says this. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. Uh, I'm just going to pause there. We'll leave that uh, scripture on the screen for you. But notice here that it says keep. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. You, You can lose your heart. You can lose heart. You can get away. You can lose passion, your heart. You can lose heart for the things that are necessary and the things that you need in your life. You can lose heart. You ever lost heart for something or someone? And, and, and so it tells us that we got to keep it. But notice this. It doesn't say do it casually. It says keep your heart with all diligence. It's something that we have to do diligently. I believe the devil comes in, he tries to do uh, just that. He tries to steal our heart away from what God wants it to be attached to. And so we've got to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life, the very essence of life. I like the way another translation puts it. It says it this way. It says, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Guard your heart from the inside out. Live from the inside out. There's a statement I've been making in this series that I want to give you now. And it's this. The only way to experience personal and lasting change, direction, and results is from the inside out. And what I call this is living from the heart. And, and actually, uh, it, the scripture, if you, if you get in and you'll uh, find out what scripture says, it's talking about living a life in the spirit. It's your heart and your spirit, one in the same. And so he wants us to live in, our, in, in, in and through our spirit, not the flesh. The Bible says that the flesh doesn't profit anything, but it does produce death. 
it, it'll produce things will die when we get into the flesh when we start doing things on our own our own our our, our own strength in our own ways apart from God then it, it begins to kill things in our life we'll see things die in our life so we've got to we've got to live from the inside out live from our heart I, I'm 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 this message will revolutionize your life if you'll get hold of this. There are far too many people that are living outside instead of inside and from the inside out. They're living from the flesh. They're living from their, their intellect. They're living from their reasoning, their human reasoning. They're living from their emotions. And they do things and make decisions based on emotions. And emotions are fickle. It'll, it'll marry you one day and divorce you the next. Amen. You'll be for somebody one day and against them the next. You're emotionally attached one day and next you'll be emotionally detached. Amen. And so we've got to live from our, from our heart. Our heart will connect. Our heart will connect to God. Our heart will connect us to what God has for us. And so we need to understand that. And so I've entitled this message today... I've entitled it The Hidden Cost of a High Calling. A Hidden Cost of a High Calling. There's a high calling on our lives and every one of our lives. There's things that God has for us to do and wants for us to do. Nobody exempt. Everybody, he has a plan and a purpose for us. Not to harm us, but to give us a hope in the future. He has purpose for our lives. There's a hidden call. I mean, there's a call on our life, but there's a hidden cost to that call. And I want to talk about that hidden cost because there's things that are going on inside that you've got to win over in order to be able to uh, 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 succeed in, in fulfilling that high calling in your life. But before we go there, what I want to do is I want to break down a, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 for you. There's a few scriptures that I want to share with you. Verse 1 says this, I beg you. Sounds important to me, doesn't it? It says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. How many have been called by God? All of us. We've been called by God. And then Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to break down in just a moment what our, that high calling is, but there, you can see indications here already. But I want to take you to verse 16 before I do that. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Only God can do that. We're different in many ways. We have different backgrounds. We have different mindsets. We have different uh, nationalities. We have, uh, you know, we're different in, in our intellect. We're just different. We're different in our gifts, different in our personalities, but God can perfectly fit us together to work together as a body, just like uh, this body works. There's differences in every parts of my body, but they all work together, and thank God for that. I'm able to stand up here because all of my body parts are working together to make that happen. So it says he makes the whole body fit together. Perfectly, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Wow, that's awesome. And we ought to get hold of this. There's revelation here. There's things that God wants to reveal to us here. Are we here just to do church? Or are we here to be the church? 
Are we here to really uh, be who God wants us to be, or are we just doing this out of religious duty? Hopefully not out of just religious duty, but we genuinely have a heart for what God has a heart for. And there's a high calling on our lives. And we're honestly, we're called to make a life-giving difference. And we're specifically called to make a life-giving difference in three areas. And so I want to just show you those three areas. Number one, we're called and assigned to the lost. You and I are called and assigned to the lost. God wants us to reach the lost. Those that don't know Christ, He wants us to help them come to know Him and experience the life of God. Amen? How many of you agree with that? If you're a Christian, you understand what I'm talking about. Secondly, we're called and assigned to to our relationships, family. We're called to friends and neighbors and co-workers and associates. We're, we're called to those people that are in our sphere of people, right? God calls us to, to minister, that to minister to them, to help them, to, to assist them to be what God wants them to be. Iron sharpens iron. He who walks with wise will be wise. Amen? And then thirdly, this, this is where I want to really hone in on because there's, I believe, an anti-church spirit, an anti-Christ spirit out there that's at work trying to convince people that it's not okay to be connected and, very, and fully functioning in a local body church. We're thirdly, we're, con- we're called and assigned to a church. Every one of us. This includes me as your pastor. If this is your church. You're called to me. You're called to your church family. Those that you're worshiping with this morning. You're called to a small group of people. God, we see that through scripture that he says, not only do you go to the temple, but you meet in small groups. We're called to that. Because that's where we really, we work out our salvation. We work it out with one another. And then we're called to a ministry team to serve as a ministry team. That's God's word. I didn't write it, he wrote it. He knows best, right? And so this morning what I want to do is I want to help us understand how to fulfill that that high calling and, and, and the cost that we have to pay to make that happen in our lives. See, the problem is in fulfilling anything that God has us has for us is that there's a struggle going on. There's always resistance to anything that's going forward. And you and I are battling a struggle that nobody else sees. Why? Because it's within our intellect and it's within our emotions. It's within our mind. We have a battle that's going on in our mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says it this way. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God or in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity uh, to, the, to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when uh, our obedience is fulfilled. And so we've got this battle, this spiritual battle going on in our mind that nobody else sees. Because God calls us to make an impact in people's lives. And many times there's, there's, there's things that are going on that nobody else knows about. And we're battling it. And a lot of people are losing that battle. And they're not paying that cost. They're not paying that price. And as a result, they're not fulfilling the high calling of God in their life. And that's unfortunate. Because you've not lived life until you're making a life-giving difference in other people's lives. 
until you live without, uh, outside of yourself and live in the lives of others until you make a life-giving difference in people's lives. You've not lived life. And so that hidden struggle is taking place in our life. Uh, Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says this, and really this is what we're going to do, is we're going to take this scripture. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, there's some things that are going to have to take place. He said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, he says, let him deny himself, take up his cross, cross daily, and follow me. He says, if you want to be a part of of coming after me, then you're going to have to do some things in your life. And and I believe that he had to communicate that because it wasn't going to be easy. It's not always easy, but it's fulfilling. There's not anything more satisfying than than making a life-giving difference in other people's lives and seeing them to rise up and be who God wants them to be, to accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. Nothing like it. I, 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 there's not anything here on this earth other than he himself, the, the Lord himself, and experiencing him. There's nothing like, like it. The problem is, again, is that there's a struggle. There's things out there that distract us and get us, uh, get us distracted. and beca- It causes us to be unfit. We're not fit to, to fulfill what God wants us to do. Have you ever been unfit about accomplishing something you wanted to do it but you just weren't fit <laughs> maybe physically mentally whatever spiritually even and 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 luke chapter 9 verse 62 says it this way jesus told them or told him anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work i plan from him is not fit for the kingdom of god he didn't say we couldn't have the kingdom of god we couldn't have what he has for us he just says we're not in a position to 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 have it in our life we're not positioned to and today i want to help get us positioned to experience the kingdom of god to make an impact for the kingdom of god to make an impact in the kingdom of god to fulfill that high calling in our life and so that's where I am today. That's my heart today. I believe, that, I believe that people want to do the right thing. They want to live from their heart, but there's struggles that are going on inside, and they're losing that struggle, and they're not paying the cost. Their emotions, fears gripping them. All kinds of things are gripping them and keeping them back. And nobody sees that fear except for you and God. So let's talk about, first of all, the hidden cost of a high calling. Number one cost that needs to be paid that many people do not realize that, and it'll show up on the outside, but I'm going to tell you it starts on the inside, and it's inner selfishness. Amen. Help a brother out. Help me preach this morning. Amen. A lot of us are battling inside this inner selfishness. We we, we think, well, what about me? What about what I want? What is it that I want? Notice here that uh, Jesus said in Luke 9.23, he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him not be selfish. It could be stated that way. If you and I are going to follow God, we've got to win over. Even right now, this message, I'm... I'm here to tell you, you're struggling with this message right now just by that point alone. Because we all have a tendency to gravitate towards selfishness. We have to be proactive in order to be unselfish. 
And inside, honest, if we're honest about it, inside, most of us, if not all of us, and I would venture to say all of us, have a tendency to think about our own self first before we think about God or others. We have a tendency to do that. And I tell you, it's not easy. It's, not, it's a process. It's an everyday thing that we have to, we got to battle against it. I was thinking about this, this uh, just, just recently. I was thinking about a number of things. I know that some of you, if you've been around, you've heard me say this, and I'm just going to say it because it's so important. I still believe that the revelation of it has not come to many that have heard me say it, and so I need to say it again. But God dealt with me years and years ago that don't do ministry just to fulfill your call, just to release your, your gifts, but you do ministry because you truly love God and and because you truly love people. Amen. That it's not about me. It's not about me fulfilling what, what God's placed in my life. It's not about me releasing these gifts that God's given me. Although it's important, that high calling is important, but the, mo- the most high calling that God has on us is our calling to people. Amen. It's not about me fulfilling whatever I do. That can become selfish. And I see people making all kinds of selfish decisions on, uh, based on, on what they feel like God wants them to do, but it, it always costs other people. It should not cost other, other people. It should benefit other people. Amen? Amen? And then there was a lady that God brought into my life. She used to be a, a part of our church. And I remember her one day, I, I remember to, as if it was just yesterday, she came, into my, she came into our church, she was a part of our church, she was here for a great uh, while, she was here for a long time, and, uh, and was probably one of the most generous, if not the generous person uh, that we've had ever attend our church financially. She's extremely generous. Anytime we had a project, she was, she was the first one to step up and start giving towards that project. And, and, and we would see things fulfilled and done financially. Yeah. <laughs> and then one day she came to me and she told me that God dealt with her, that she was to make some changes in her life because she was generous financially but stingy, stingy with herself. She, she, she would give money, but she wasn't giving of herself like she needed to, and she was stingy in that area. And I'm going to tell you, we all are stingy in some areas in our life. I was thinking about this this week. There's some people that I know that are very generous in many ways, but they're stingy in their praise. They're they're not they're not very uh, expressive in in their uh, appreciation and gratitude. I've been there. I tried to overdo it. I try to do it overdo it on the on the positive. I want to be appreciative for what people do for me, and I want to express that. I want people to know that they are valuing me. They're adding value to me. They're loving me. They I want to do that. 
And with that being said, I just want to recognize our dream team and our small group leaders, those that serve in children's and greeters and ushers and uh, sound and uh, audio and uh, worship. Thank all the different departments. Can we do that? Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. You've overcome some of the struggles that it that, that have to be overcome, and it's an inward struggle that you have to deal with because inside we're only thinking, most of us are thinking about ourselves and not the impact that God wants us to make on the lost and our relationships in our, in our church. Are you with me? Are you hearing it? Thank God. It's, it's something that every one of us have to capture. That inner, that inner, that inner uh, struggle that we have with selfishness. Okay. We were created in the image of God. God is unselfish. He's generous. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is talking about that born again experience. And if you read down or read back in verse 14 and 15, it says something interesting that I love. It says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge, judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. For he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. The Bible says Jesus, he died so that we would no longer live for ourselves that we would live for him. Amen? Amen. And so that's the life that he wants us to live. That's the the life that makes a life-giving difference, that inner struggle. And we struggle with this. I'm telling you, all of us do. Second thing I want us to look at today out of uh, Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says, And he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily. And follow me. The second hidden cost that many people don't see is that inner sacrifice. There's things that we have to sacrifice inwardly before we ever do anything outwardly. There's things inside of our hearts that we've got to, or our minds and our, our emotions that we have to deal with. I, 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 you know, the Bible says in Luke chapter uh, 14, verse 23, it says, Whoever desires, or whoever, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In other words, God's saying, if we're not willing to sacrifice, because that's what a cross is, it's a place where people were sacrificed, where Jesus was sacrificed. If we're not willing to do whatever it takes to obey Jesus in our life, then it, he says we can't even be his disciple. Why? The word disciple means disciplined follower. It takes discipline within our within within our 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 emotions. Some people are just not very strong and disciplined emotionally. It takes discipline in our mind because your 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 actions are going to go where your mind goes. Set your mind on the things of the spirit, and you'll walk in the spirit. You set your mind on the things of the flesh, and you'll walk in the flesh. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. Wherever your mind is set is where your life is going to go. And so there's some, there's some sacrifices that's got to take place. 
Uh, my mother went to the doctor just recently. And, uh, and the doctor told her there's some things that's going to have to happen in order for her to get off of oxygen. And there's some, she's going to have to change some things, and she's got to exercise some more, and she's got to watch what she eats. And, and then somehow in the conversation, it, 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 uh, the doctor said something about milk. And uh, my mother grew up drinking milk. She had cows, and, and, and uh, she, you know, they, she had fresh milk, and she, she loves her milk. Well, the doctor says milk uh, produces a, or is full of sugar, and so she, she, could, she, she needed to cut way back on milk. And so on the way home, uh, when I was driving her home, when on the way home we had a conversation, and, and, and she, she said something about cutting back, and I said, Mother, you just need to, you need to do what's necessary to make this happen so that you can get where you need to be physically. And, uh, and she struggled with that. She struggled with that. It was an inward struggle in her, in her psyche. She, she fought it. She fought it in her flesh. And then a little later on, she called me. She said, son, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you, before the action took place, it took place in, with the inward struggle that was taking place. Before there's any great action in our lives, there's a struggle that must be won inside of us. A sacrifice that must be made. See, God wants us to follow him. But many times when God says make a change, we struggle with that. And sometimes what wins over is our desires and what we want instead of what God wants. I'm fixing to go somewhere that some, I, I know that this is this is not a popular thing, but I just felt like I was supposed to go there, and and hopefully you know my heart. I love you. I pray. I I, I pray for you every day. But in our day and age, I'm telling you, there are so many so many things that that we need to change in our life that we see that is clearly stated in the Word of God, Amen. and one of those areas is sexual purity. We've got to be pure sexually. What's, what does that mean? No sex outside of marriage. We need to make sure that we're keeping sexually pure in our relationships. And I know that's a struggle in our, in our day and age. But I hear, the reason I'm saying this, okay? The reason I'm saying this is because there's not anything good that will happen in your relationships without honoring God. The Bible's very clear that it doesn't profit anything good when we're doing what we do in the flesh. I realize that you have emotional ties, you got soul ties to that person or persons, but I'm here to tell you that God, if he, he's going to deal with you. I believe even right now as I'm talking, he's going to deal with you to, to get pure. Maybe you've already violated that, but you need to get pure. And you, there's a struggle that you're going to fight with inside in a sacrifice that's going to have to be made in order to honor God. That's just one of many areas. But I just had that very strong in my heart. If we want God's best in our life. Now, if you don't, keep on. <laughs> if you want to go your way and you think your way is going to be better than God's way, I, I then have at it. We'll love you here anyway. That's 
We're, we're going we're gonna to love you. We're not going to treat you any different. We're going to love you. We're going to care for you. We're going we're gonna to do our best to help you in the ways that we can. But we can't help you if you don't put God's word to work in your life. Because when you put God's word to work, it works for you. Amen. 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 Word works. So there's an inward, inward sacrifice that takes place. You remember the rich young ruler? <laughs> what can I do to be saved? And Jesus said, do this, do this, do this. And he says, oh, I've done it since I was a youth. And then, and then, and then, and then he says, well, Jesus loving the guy says, one more thing you lack, take what you have, sell it, give it to the poor, pick up your cross and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sad. Mark chapter 4, I mean, Mark chapter 10, verse 22 says this. And he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. God, it, God's not opposed to him having possessions, but the possessions had him. He put his trust in possessions. And God would have blessed him. If you go read the rest of Mark chapter 10, the Bible says he was going he to heap it back in return over him. You don't sow to God and reap back. Uh, and not reap back from him. Amen? Is this helping anybody? Do we really want what God wants in our life? Then we're going to have to be willing to deal with that inner, inner sacrifice. Sacrifice what is necessary in order to have what God wants us to have. And then thirdly, the third thing I want to share with you today in just, uh, in, in just a, a short time that we have together. And uh, praise Jesus. It's not in my notes. <laughs> so I'm going to go for it. Third one is inner, sec- inner security. For some reason, I left, it out. I left that page out of my notes. <laughs> so let's look at this. Luke chapter uh, 9. We've been on this, okay? I believe that was it. Luke 9. He said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Follow me. Now, what's it take to follow God? It, 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 takes, it takes security in him, but many of us have found security in our insecurities. Many of us have... have we, we become secure in the fears that we've embraced in our life, and we allow those fears to, to dictate our life. Have you ever seen one of those, uh, those big old round... I, 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 I tried to borrow one for today, and, and the guy never returned my, 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 uh, my call, but the, those big old round things that you, get, you put in a suit and you go up against other people, and, and you, you ever see, and, and, you, and you fall to the ground? Many of us are like that. We've, 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 we've got this security built around us that, that we only allow people to get so close to us. And they hit this clear thing and they just bounce back. Or we only allow God to get so close to us and then we hit that clear thing and fall back. And, and that becomes our security. We don't let people in in our life. We allow that to become our security. And we have an inner security that's false security. That's insecurity, really. That we've got to battle through and work through in our life. My granddaughter, precious I've got two of them. 
Both of them are precious. But my middle granddaughter, precious. She just had her first dance recital. She's four years old. And uh, she did a fabulous job last night. And uh, just precious. And she got up there bold and confident and did her little, uh, just, I mean, just was just precious. But about a, uh, around Monday or Tuesday, he, she, was, she was contemplating not doing it. She was struggling inside with insecurity. Had she not done it, that would become her security, which was false security. Am I saying, are you catching what I'm saying? And then my son had a talk with her and just, just a precious conversation he was sharing with me. Okay. And you would have never known that she struggled with insecurity. She got up there, she just nailed it. She is kicking butt, man, taking names. She's just doing it. She did an awesome job. And, uh, but many of us are like that. We give in to, we give in to fears. We be, we've become we've become secure in our comforts. We have comfort zones in our life that God says, if you're going to fulfill the high calling that I have in your life, you're going to, from time to time, you're going to have to go into the promised land. You're going to have to pick up some stones and get your slingshot and do some slingshotting. You're going to have to step out of the boat, step into the water when I say come. There's some, there's some securities that, have, that, that you have built through comfort that you're going to have to you're going to have to overcome in order to fulfill what I have in your life. I think there's a lot of people that are there. And we've got to we've got to bust through those things. Convenience, comfort, fears, insecurities in our life that dictate our life. Aren't you fed up with not Feeling like you are accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish because you're giving in to some of the insecurities that you struggle with on a, on a regular basis? We all face those insecurities. Don't allow those insecurities to become a security, a false security in your life because you give in to them. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going you're gonna to feel empty. And you're going you're gonna to feel agitated and you're going to feel unfulfilled. You're going to be unsatisfied until you step out and do what God wants you to do in and through your life. The Bible says, and I don't know, it's in my, it's in my scriptures. <laughs> I think it's the, somewhere, next one. But it says, it says that the world will know We'll see if we can bring that up. I don't remember. It's in Luke's Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, someone, one of those. Okay, there it is, John 30, 13, 35. And he says this, By this, all will know that you are my disciples. Remember, we can't even, if we're not following him, if we're not willing to pick up our, his, our cross and follow him, we can't even be called a disciple. When, if we're not dealing with these inward things in our life, then we're not even going to be able to be a disciple. He says this, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
a lot of people have a tough time loving because they're, they've not dealt with these inner, these inner issues. And so today, my question, and I close right now, is what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he speaking to you? Because I know he's speaking more than what I'm saying. And what's he speaking to you? Would you bow your heads?